My name is Vincent Lamb. I'm an Academy Award nominee from 2019. But today I'm here with the cast and crew of Stenophonin, which is one of the live action short films, which is on the shortlist for the Academy Awards this year. So congratulations, guys. That's great. To start, I think we'll just get everybody just to introduce yourselves. So if you want to just say your name and your role on the film. So, uh, Nikolai, let's start with you. Yeah, my name is Nikolai Copernicus, and I'm the, the director of this movie, Stenophone, and I'm also an actor for like 25, 30 years. Right, and Louis, this is your son beside you, Louis. Hi, my name is uh, Louis, and I play, um, well, I play my grandfather. I'm uh, f 14 years old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you, Louis. Yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, and Kim. And my, my name is Kim Magnusson. I'm uh, producing this actually together with Nicolai. He's not only the he's not only the director. He's also wrote it and producing it with me. And actually, wow. actually, acting it in one scene for 22 seconds. So yes, but that's me, Kim Magnusson. Right. Uh, thanks, Kim. Good to have you back again. Yeah. So um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Nikolai, uh, congratulations on on making the shortlist. How did it feel when you saw Stenophonin there on the on the shortlist of 15 for the Oscars? Well, that feels uh, so good. And uh, immediately we grab the phone and call up Kim. And actually, I, I opened a bottle of champagne because my girlfriend, she, she brought a bottle of champagne. She didn't know if, if we were shortlisted or not. Right, right. Well, we opened a, a, and we had a glass of champagne and uh, it was a nice evening. And it's... It's, I'm so happy because it's a very personal story and based on my father's life. And then, of course, it means a lot to me. Right. So it, was it a big surprise to you want to see it there? Yeah, it was a big surprise because you don't think it's possible. But uh, on the other hand, well, but yeah, now, we, we, right. we, yeah, you know, it's, it's really an, a nice thing. And it, it's nice because it's, it, I mean, we have been working a lot for this movie. So, right. So it's based on uh, like a very personal story to you. So tell us a bit about just that and what inspired you to, to write this story. Yeah, it's, it's actually a combination of two things in my father's life. Because my whole life, my father always told me that he had a really tough relationship to his father. And it was strange for me to hear that because it's my grandfather. So, and I had a really wonderful relationship to him. He always told me through my whole life that he, he, his, his father never saw him and never gave him credit for anything. And he didn't saw all his talented uh, potential. And then I felt that my father only went through the whole life only without success and without uh, fulfilled feeling. And then I heard about this uh, stenophone that he once, when he was 12 years old, went to the beach and out of 2,000 stones, he found a C major scale and played with another stone on this and made actually music and came into the radio, sort of a BBC thing, a program called Hello, Hello. And then he... He actually um, had his 15 minutes of fame. And I thought that why I, I was uh, surprised that he wasn't uh, uh, proud about that. And I, I thought, well, everybody should hear this. And then I combined these two, two, uh, two stories and two things about my father's life and decided that I want to tell a story about that it is important to try to get um, get rid of all these devils sitting on your shoulders saying that you're not good enough but uh, believe in yourself and believe in your skills and become uh, free and then hopefully live a better life so that that's actually that's the spine of the story 
Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful theme. And when I heard that it was actually based on, on your own father's experience, gives it so much more uh, relevance because it's such an unusual story. Uh, but was it, was it difficult for you to, to tell the story, seeing as it is such a personal family story, you're kind of you're representing your, your father and your grandfather? I mean, did you, did you find that difficult? Yeah, there was one really difficult thing, actually. It was that I had to make, make my, my grandfather really tough in confronting my father when he was 12 years old, because otherwise you don't have this really conflict material in that film. I have a really sore and a big heart for my grandfather. Even if it's a personal story, I had to take the helicopter and look at it as a more universal story about being hard to each other and, and not seeing, seeing each other. So that was a hard part. I had some, we had some discussion, Kim and I, about uh, should we frame the movie in our time and then go back in the 1950s or should we just do the story about the 1950s? And then we, we found out that the framing thing would actually bring it up to a more universal story. And also we could show that a person had lived a whole life and actually hadn't, hasn't moved at all was still carrying around with this terrible material from uh, from his uh, childhood and the whole life. So I imagine this is a story you heard a long time ago and, and, and you've been wanting to tell it for a while. Like how long have you... When was the first time you, you felt this could make a great film? Uh, I, I mean, I heard about this telephone for six years ago and because he wasn't proud of it. So he, he just put everything in, in, a, in a shell and, and, and put it away. And I heard about it and then I brought it on and said, why don't you tell anybody about this? Because it's wonderful. But my whole life, I've heard that his relationship to his father was really tough. But the most important thing is that actually he's not tough because he's a mean guy. He did it out of love in a way to protect his son. If you don't do anything and don't be, make a fool out of yourself, just don't do anything, then, then you are secure. Instead of saying, well, do that and take a chance and make a mistake, he just protect him in a way. And, and his father protecting him as well. And my father tried to protect me as well. But since I hadn't lived with him, I didn't listen to him. And I, I was like, uh, well, you can tell me that I, uh, I'm not going to do this and this and this but i'm doing it anyway so i sort of broke the chain in a way right yeah well no it's it's a beautiful story and, and nice how you've told it and it's a real father-son story uh, and yeah. of course you cast your own son louis here who's sitting beside you and it's such a beautiful performance louis so uh well done what did you think when when your dad comes to you and says here son <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of making a film about uh you know about granddad and his father uh what what, what was your first thoughts at first, I thought it was a bit weirder, weird that uh, it was going to be my father as the director, and I thought it was going to be a little awkward and stuff like that. It actually, it was great filming, and it was fun to do, and yes, I, I really liked it. So, uh, how did you find So, there's a question here, actually, from um, Film Business, and they're asking, um, you know, did you have the pleasure of knowing your grandfather? Did you know your grandfather? Did you find it difficult to portray him in the film? Yeah, I knew him. It wasn't like very... I didn't know that much about him. Kind of knew him as a person. And, uh, you know, he came to my birthdays and, and stuff like that. And, um, and from there, but I didn't know much of his past and, and stuff like that. So I just knew him, how, how he was. And, but 
not so much deeply about him. Right. You can say so. So you, you've been acting before, though. Had you been acting before your dad asked you to, to play this role? I think. I think I did a, a TV series right, right before. And that was like the first big thing I did. Okay. And what was it like working with your dad? Was that a strange experience, like having your dad as a director? It was kind of weird, but also kind of fun. You know, it, well, it was kind of like he, he drove me there, uh, like being my dad. And when we were on the set, it was just from dad to director. It was also kind of nice knowing that uh, it was like two different people. So you didn't feel like it was your dad on the set. Well, when you were filming, you didn't feel like awkward and stuff during the scene, but it was like a different person. You were able to separate it, right? And and you took seriously like a job. Okay, yeah. We had a a situation at the beach where uh, Louis was playing a scene and then he had a line. I, I wrote a very long line. And he said to me, Dad, it's it's a really bad bad line. Yeah, it's impossible to play this. Okay. And I, and I said to him, Well, can can you at least try? And and he tried. And I I I could I could really feel that as an actor, I could feel, wow, you're right. It's a really bad line. It wasn't. So we just took we just took it away and and found out that it was much better. So so that that's an example of being professional in a way uh, of uh, having uh, the professional talk at the set, and then uh, we can drive home uh, as fathers and son. Well, that's a good uh, working relationship, right? Yeah, have you guys worked together before, like as actor director? Like, do you help? Like, I know you're both actors, of course, right? So, do you work with each other, like preparing for auditions or or anything? Not really. Not no, really. No. Right, but you had an idea of what he was capable of before you cast him, Nikolai. Did you? Ah, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. Well, he, you weren't he... wrong. No, it's a great uh, performance. Like, like really beautiful, uh, Louis. Well done. And anyway, right. Let's bring. Uh, Kim in right so Kim you're the producer of this film and well done yeah it's 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 a it's a really beautifully made film I think so what, what was it about film that, that made you want to get involved as a little there's actually a little family uh, feud going on here because Nikolai brought his son in to play and I actually produced this with my daughter so it was actually a, a very family oriented shoot <laughs> right right I didn't know so, that right so that's good uh, no but I mean I think this story uh, came, you know, many years ago, actually. It was like four and a half years ago, I think, the first time that Nikolai came and knocked on my door and said, I have to tell you a great story about my father. I just found out this and this. And I really, you know, I, 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 I need to tell this story. And then we began. And then I just, he pitched it to me. And I felt it was so heartfelt. And I felt like some of the things that you see Nikolai and also Louis talking about here is that discovering somebody that is so close to you discovering a past that you didn't know about, that you, of course, should have been told. I mean, this at the time in Denmark, at the time when this was happening and you got into that program, I mean, that was a huge thing. And having a, being somebody who wanted to play classical music and wanted to play, but had a very powerful uh, father who kept you away from success because you were being put down as being not good enough. Being taken into the national radio, like Nikolai was saying, is the equivalent of the BBC, is a huge thing. And then it just kind of, you know, nobody ever knew about that. It was on the front page 
of this magazine uh, that has you know come that goes along with the program, which was a hugely popular program at the time. It wasn't about you know the fame that, but I think it was a story. It's a story about being seen. It's a story about being honored for what you're good at. And I feel like when Nikolai kind of you know pitched that idea, and you know I have something with we all have something with dance, right? And we always have something about being uh, approved by your father for what you've been doing, and you know everybody has dad issues. So I just think that that was a very important story to tell, and I think it was it, it felt very uh, heartfelt and warm to my heart, and definitely jumped on it right away and said to Nikolai, I think this can. You know, this is something that you know we hopefully can you know do and 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 get it out to a broader audience. And of course, the Oscars are always that milestone that you're trying to get to. Not because it's the Oscars, but it's because that gives the biggest distribution platform for any shorts in the world. So of course, that's always a goal. And so we're just thankful that we are here being shortlisted. And Thanks, Kim. You're just saying yeah about about making the shortlist. But of course, you've been here before, haven't you? While while we've got you, I think you've had like six Oscar nominations already, right? You won with three films that you were a producer on, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, a, a question for you, which I think you get asked quite a lot, is you know, is there is there a formula, you know, that that makes a great film or that makes a film, you know, to get to the Oscars, you know, to, to win an Oscar or to, you know, that will connect with Academy voters? Is there a secret? Yes, I have been asked that many times. And my question, I mean, my answer to that question is always, if you make a great film, you have a chance. I mean, that is the, that is the answer, because if you do make a bad film, you can't, especially the Oscars, it's such a clean awards, awards thing. I mean, it's, Yes, we all hear about campaigning and doing ads and all that. But then, you know, we also know that the Academy is putting more and more limitations to what people can do. Because there was, in you know, some years back, there was the whole thing about the money buys the awards and all these kind of things. So the Academy listens. They do put in all these kind of limitations on how much you can do. So I think out there is, is one of the cleanest award systems that can go on. So there's no formula how to do this. There's no ways to get in you need to make a good film and if you do that then of course there are ways that you can promote your film better or you know you have a great network like any other business in the world that you you know that you maybe can tap into but in the end of the day you still have to have the majority of uh, 8000 voters that needs to vote on your film in order to win so and if that film is not good you won't win and that's my that's my view on it to that question, Vincent, there's also people asking, so, it, uh, and you asked it yourself, the formula kind of thing, is there anything about the topics and all that? And as I've, I've, asked, I've said that before, I think, maybe in the past with the Academy and the, uh, what is called the old system, which was this, uh, the time before 2014, where everything was watched in a theater, sitting in a dark room with, you know, no phones, no computer screen, no tea kettling, you know, in the background or anything like that. I think, and, and, and many of, of those years passed before 2014, you had many of the same volunteers in the academy who really felt deeply about the short films. And that, of course, you can say, if there was some of the same people over years, you might can go back and see that there would be topics and narratives that might go well with that group of people. But right. in the last eight years now is, you know, we all know about the Academy, how great it has expanded into the international scene and, you know, the whole 2020 and all those kind of progress has done that 
now everybody's watching these films from around the world which also you know put put it out there you see out of these 15 shortlisted films you have 14 which is not english speaking or i mean it's not, yeah, individual it's not u.s films doesn't it yeah okay so sorry i shouldn't get going on that because that's a whole lot of topic matter yeah, but, but I'm just saying the quick answer would have been you make a great film and then you have a chance. Right. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, yeah, there was something in this film that connected with Academy voters because you're you're on the short list. Uh, it's one of fifteen, so it's uh, it's a great place to be. There's a question here from Arts Muse magazine, uh, Nikolai. Yeah. Do you have any of your family seen the film, and and what did they think of it? Pretty much all of them have seen it, and and they're really really happy about it. And and there was one person I was a little afraid of showing, and it's my father's brother because he, of course, knew, knew his father pretty well. When he got out of the cinema, he said, "Well, it's pretty true that the relationship was so bad, but he, because he is like thirteen years younger than my father he actually just walked in his what he called uh, right behind him so my father took all the all the damage and then he he had a, a totally other uh, relationship to his father but all the other members of the family are very happy about it and they think that it's very nice that we give my father this tribute in a way that he is at least, I mean, he's de he's dead now, but uh, at least he can he we can use his story to tell a universal story about that it's important to be as you are or right. don't come at all. On that, yeah, film business also asks, you know, how do you think your father would feel uh, seeing his story on on the big screen? Oh, that could go. It would, could go in two directions in a way. He could he could take the direction that and think that. It's it's incredible and wonderful and almost be a little on a high note, uh, but I think he would choose the other direction and said, "Well, no, don't do that." As his own father did to him, I think he was proud of all the things he did, but he only did did it halfway. The way he speaks in the movie, Jesper Christensen, who is playing my father in the in the movie. He speaks and stop up is uh, not able to to say the whole sense and the whole line. And my father speak like that. He stopped himself even when he, sp he spoke. He stopped himself in everything. When he was playing the violin, he was actually very good at playing violin, but he stopped himself. So it was so annoying to listen to because you always looked at him and said, well, aren't you able to play the whole part? But he stopped himself because he was uh, so uh, traumatized. What do you call it? The uh, traumatized of of, of this uh, this little voice saying, "Well, you're not good enough. Uh, don't 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 do that." And it's yeah, I I mean I think it's sad in a way. I, on that, yeah, just celeb magazine here actually have a question, and they say, you know, was it difficult for you to rewatch your your father's life? I mean, consider everything he you know he went through and that that struggle uh, he had. I won't say it was difficult for me. Actually, I've, I found out, I mean, it's, now it's really a personal uh, question and, and a personal answer. But since I was uh, so young, when my mom and dad got divorced, I a relationship to my father that in, uh, when I get older, I actually found out how proud I was that he gave me so many uh, skills that I could see I had, I got from him. But he wasn't able to fulfill his life. Uh, I could actually 
use all the skills I have adopted from him, and then uh, I could I could go further with it because I had the freedom to do that. So in a way, I I, I don't feel sadness, but I feel um, I feel uh, it's a warm feeling that it's important for me to show that movie. Okay, so uh, Louis, let's talk to you again. <laughs> Playing your grandfather, right? You know, um, when you see his his father being so so horrible to him and everything. How do you feel about that? You know, when you kind of get to, to see what, what your father had to go through and, and did you have any experience of that in, in your life? I mean, I hope your own dad is nicer to you than your dad's father was to him, but did, did you have any experience of that or was there anything you did to help you prepare for that role? I, n- not, not really, but I, I kind of made it up my mind to, to uh, see how it was to to live in that situation and and be that child have that father and stuff like that so make up my own story about living up like that that was kind of my way of right yeah so, and like in the film you know Jorn uh, you know he's very uh, timid and and quiet you know he doesn't answer back or he does as he's told right so you know I'm wondering you know how how different you know would you say you are to to that character that you play in the film. Was it much of a stretch for you? I mean, or, or are you are you kind of similar? Are you like that in real life or, or not? I, I wouldn't say so. No, he <laughs> back all the time, does he? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty um, loud. and. <laughs> so you're playing somebody different. You know, well, well, you play it very well, you know. Um, but then also in the film, you know, there's, there's also a lot of there's encouragement, which comes from the, the teacher character, you know. So I think you get both of it, you know, and, and maybe... You know, is, is that something you've experienced like where sometimes, you know, it, it only takes one person to believe in you. And, and in the, the film, how it's told, there's the teacher. I'm, I'm not sure if that was, that's a, a true story or not. But, you know, have, have you experienced that, like that, that level of encouragement in, in your life? So there's the teacher, which I, and there's some lovely scenes in it, you know, where it's the teacher who comes to the house and, and brings the, the stone of phone and, and arranges the, the radio interview. It did it actually happen like that, Nikolai, or is that something? Yeah, you... yeah, sort of. He saw my father, he, and he saw his his uh, first uh, version of the stenophone, and he uh, heard him play, and uh, he came to the family, and he he was the 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 man who had relationship to the radio program and brought him in there. Okay, so well, it is actually quite accurate. It's it's very close to to what happened then. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I uh, of course I have the I took the freedom to combine these two uh, two things from my father's life, the struggle with his father, and then the stenophone. Because if I should just have made a film about a stenophone and a guy uh, that had Im- invented a, a music instrument, that wouldn't be enough. I I had to put it in a what do you call it um, an emotional journey and an emotional uh, package, so we could actually bring the movie uh, to uh, another level, to, to a level where it, it is a universal story about which gives uh, the audience a sort of a moral or uh, things to think about when they go out instead of just a, a movie about a stenophone. Right. So I, I combined these two stories. And I mean, there is material from my father's life that I could, I could make a, a whole feature film because he, he did a lot of really, really strange things. He's, he was a very interesting person. This is for now. And maybe one day I'm making a whole movie about him. Right. So I see this question here from uh, Just Celeb uh, magazine, and they're asking about the, the audio. Uh, the, so 
was the audio of the Stones being played on the radio, the, the original audio of, of your father, is, is that correct? Yes, it is. That was a decision we, uh, the head of the sound department, uh, he, he said, why, why don't we use the, the, the original music in, in the radio? And then we took all the, the, the sound from the Stones. recording then. Uh, yeah, I, I, when my, one of the first thing I took out of my dad's apartment when he was dead, I was searching for the stones and I was searching for the little newspaper or the magazine and I was searching for the for the a little cassette tape which were carrying the the music the the program uh, from the radio and when I got that I I was uh, well I knew that I had the original material to use I mean it's it's great to have that authenticity in there in 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 the film isn't it 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 adds so much to it. And, and do you still have the original newspaper clipping as well? Yes. You still have that? Yes, I, I still have it, yeah. It's kind of a crazy instrument, actually, and it's really it has, uh, such a nice sound. And of course, at the beach, where, when the Louis' character, yeah, when Jörn uh, is discovering the music, it's, I mean, we try to make the sounds uh, larger than life in a way, so we, we could have the... Right. the feeling that the music were inside him in a way. The sound itself is really nice. So, Louis, right. So I, I think you really kind of managed to uh, capture Jorn and, and that emotional turmoil that, that he's going through, you know. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's your performance that is so captivating to watch, you know, for the audience. That's, that's what people, what keeps you watching the film. Well, for me anyway, it was, you know. And it's a, it's a really beautiful, uh, subtle performance. You know, I think you can say a lot with your, your face and your eyes, you know, and it, it's a great uh, talent, you know, to have, you know. I mean, there was one moment in the film which I really loved, you know, it's where the teacher asks you, why didn't you bring the violin or something? You say, oh, you didn't bring it. And he says, why not? And then there's this long pause, right? And, and we're just watching you. And, you know, before you answer, and it's one of those lovely moments, you know, where you can just say, a lot, and then you say, oh, one of the strings broke. But it's, there's a lovely uh, subtlety and, and, and a real authenticity about how you deliver it. It's a very natural performance. So well done. Yeah, I mean, is, is that something that you apply to, to all of the roles you play? Because I see you, you, you're, you're also in various other things. You're in the Chestnut Man or something. So is that something that you, you'll always bring to a role? That's a good question. Probably, maybe. I don't know. Right. Well, it's a lovely subtlety. And what's great about it, it doesn't feel like you're acting. You know, it, it, it just it feels natural and, and, and it pulls you in because it's so I think you've got a, you know, a good career ahead of you as, as an actor. And it's I, I was amazed when I found out that your father was the director, because normally when, when this happens, you know, when you know, a director casts their son, they're usually not very good. <laughs> but this this was great. I mean, I think, you know, you could have seen hundreds of actors, Nikolai. Yeah, yeah. And, and Louis would still be the right ones. Uh, amazing, yeah. but he's, he's right there in front of you, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I must say that I have asked myself, why should I use my own son? Because, of course, I, I could probably have found somebody else. But the thing is that because you can't see it as an audience, you don't know it as an audience that it's my son when you're, you're watching it. But the important thing was that I did this movie and in every single choices I had to take all the decisions I made was out of uh, searching uh, to what is the best what's what gives me the best emotion and then I I thought that it was a really brilliant idea to use Louis because uh, because he first of all he looks exactly like my father when he was 12 years old 
And then I, I found out that, that it is like, uh, I used to say, uh, normally I say it's like a Russian babushka doll, you know, where you have this inside and inside and inside dolls inside each other. So it's, it's like a, a, a grandfather story and a father story and a son story. And, and it's through, through four generations. And then I thought that would be brilliant. In the beginning, I actually thought that I would cast my own father to play his, himself. But eventually he died, and then... Um, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I... He actually I, looks like your own father. Sorry, go ahead, Kim, yeah. No, no, I just want to add on that, because... Uh, but now, that's why I was raising my hand uh, virtually before. Uh, because yeah, I remember when we were doing it, uh, talking about it first, you know, Nikolai was like, if we do it now, we could maybe get my dad to play that, you know, so it would really be a family. And I think that was also one of the things, I think... When we talked about Louis playing the role or not, I kept on saying you should definitely do it because, of course, Nikolai was afraid of doing it because where could it go? How is it to direct your own son there and things like that? But as you heard Louis saying, and he was so professional on sets coming from a point of view of a producer, and it was really like Louis was saying, they arrived in the car and you didn't think that they were related. I mean, you, you know, I would not think that Louis was Nikolai's son being on set or... The other, you know, there was nothing special. It was really like any other relationship between directors, producers, and actors. But I just feel like going in, it, it felt like such a great moment that you actually have Nikolai just saying it's a grandfather, father, and son story. And actually, everybody is in the movie because, you know, Nikolai is even playing himself in the movie uh, in real life when he meets with the dad. And Louis is playing the grandfather, and the grandfather is there with the original music. So it is really all in there. Right. So did you say your grandfather uh, is Nikolai's grandfather wrote the no. original music? Or no, 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 no. Louis. I mean, Louis. Louis' grandfather. Gotcha. You know, that Louis right. plays is the one who did the original music on the ah, score. I didn't know that. Right. Well. Wow. Okay. Good. I mean, uh, how how beautiful, right? How interesting! Like uh, to keep it, uh, that connection with your with your family, you know, it, it all works. Like so, yeah. Well done, super. So, uh, Kim, were you shooting during the pandemic? Yeah, we had. Um, I mean, like any other most other countries in the world, you know, the pandemic goes like this. It kind of you feel like the virus is going by the wind around the globe, and it keeps on coming back in circles. Hmm. Uh, so we had that little window of I think three months over the summertime. Like I think most countries, wherever it is summer at the at the certain times, the virus was down. And so we could actually go and shoot there. Of course, we took distance and more um, hand washing and whatever and keeping a little distance. But there was no like restrictions, not that we couldn't we could do what we what we wanted to do. And also being outside, you know, for the where you had the most people, you yeah. know, the kids and all that. We were that was, of course, helpful that you're outside in the open air. We did have some scenes. Yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful location, the pier there. Yeah. At the end. Where is that? It's up. I mean, the, 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 the harbor is where the father and the pier and all that. That is just 30 minutes north of Copenhagen. And the beach scene is like an hour and 15 minutes northwest of Copenhagen. Okay, right. Well, it's a lovely location. And also, you know, I, I thought the cinematography was really beautiful in this film. And, you know, and the locations, there's a real lovely palette of kind of, you know, greens and greys and browns. And 
And it has a lot to do with how you, know, how you feel when you watch the film. So, uh, Nikolai, did you want to just talk a little bit about that, about the cinematography and your production design and, and how you found working with... When I, when I, yeah, uh, when I wrote this uh, script, some of the first drafts was uh, with a lot of words and uh, there was a lot of scenes and, and there was a lot of... Too much, in a way. And I found out that less words and I wanted to tell the story through the images and through the atmosphere in the scenes. Of course, you you would like that as an uh, as a director, but for, if you have the scene where the father takes the violin, the, the, the important thing here was that I, I can remember the sound of that wall, wall clock uh, when I was a kid visiting my grandfather and grandmother. And I come in and he was sitting in the chair and I could, the only sound that was in there was just the clock on the wall and I I have been searching in the whole uh, process I have been searching for these moments where I could through the way of shooting the film uh, the way of filming and framing and then the coloring the sound I was searching for the emotions and that's why it's actually a movie without a lot of words more like long pauses i wanted to be inside you know in, inside the characters instead of uh, trying to 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 uh, to show it i want to right. be able to feel it yeah well it's, it's beautiful it's a beautiful film to look at you know but it also feels you know real and, and natural you know so what would you say was the most challenging aspect of, of making this film, Nikolai? I think that actually, and that's why I asked him, because he is a world championship master in making movies, but he's really, really good at these short movies, live action short movies, because it's a really difficult format in a way to, to tell a story. And then I was really afraid of the ending of the movie because if you want to show a person that becomes free and uh, when he's uh, playing the, the music in the end of the, uh, of, of the movie, you can see in his face that, well, now he got rid of, of his uh, devil at the shoulder saying that he's not good enough. Then it's because of the, this 22 minutes format, you take a risk being a little, making it too simple in a way and not with a lot of dimension. So I think the ending of the film was really a difficult thing. And then I luckily found the Beethoven material, the music, the classic music, the Beethoven, which I also used in, in, this, in the beginning of the movie. And my father was crazy with Beethoven. He was like, he had posters on the wall. I, sometimes I think he thought he was Beethoven in a way. And then I, I found out that well, if I use that music and then through that music could set him free, that would gain something for the scene. But I think it definitely it was the ending of the movie that, that, that was difficult. Okay. And, and same question to you, Louis. You know, what was the most difficult part for you, would you say? Was there like one scene? Like, so there's a scene where you cry, right, which is actually quite touching. I mean, it was, was that difficult for you? Was, was that the most challenging part or was there something else? Or how, how, did, you, how did you approach that? No, I, I think it was the time where it was uh, that long, long sentence on the beach that we cancelled and, and coming up with another one and stuff like that. And it was a little cold and a little greasy and stuff like that. So being there a little extra time and, and making up a, a, a new sentence, that was 
the most challenging, I would say. Right. There is one thing I thought I think also was challenging it, it, with all the kids at the beach in the water. It was really cold that day, and and it was windy, and 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 you were standing, you you were standing in the in the water for a long, long time, and with with the stones, and it was freezing, and the camera was on a, a on a rubber boat. What do you call it? A dinghy, and it was crazy that day, but uh, because all these kids should be in the in the water for quite a long time. That is, I, I think that is actually maybe the most challenging thing. <laughs> They were all, yeah, it was cold, right? <laughs> okay. So, well, yeah, good luck with your acting career, uh, Louis. I think you have a brilliant career ahead of you. Let's hope your dad wins the Oscar. Um, so there was a question here from Simon Gideon. Yeah, or, uh, you know, what, you know, what do you want audience to take away from the film, Nikolai? Can you say that again? Sorry? What would you like audiences to take away from the film? I would like... The audience go home and think that it's important to put spotlight on each other instead of uh, closing each other down. Uh, set a little spotlight on everybody you meet on, on your way in your life and then uh, make people be better instead of uh, less, instead of being not good enough. So I, I want to, to give the impression that if you go out and it's important to, to get rid of all your bad things in your luggage, in your backpack, get rid of it and try to actually aim a little bit more for being uh, childish and, and have that, that freedom a child had. has. I mean, because when my father found this uh, C major scale at, at the beach, it's, it's with a lot of creative creativity and uh, has... I wonder what my father had, had been today if he had that creati creativity the whole life instead of being pushed down. Right. Yeah. Okay, so last question then. Nikolai, what would it mean for you to, to win uh, an Oscar? An Oscar is an Oscar, and an, and an Oscar is like, it's like when you're a kid and when you watch movies, and you, you I, I watch Oscar every year, and I think it's, it is probably the most um, the most fantastic thing you can get when you're when, when you're in this business. So of course I would I would say it would be extremely extremely nice in, if you look at the the whole thing I am trying to do, giving my father the spotlight and the tribute. So it would be crazy. I think Anaska is. It's, uh, it's um, champion world championship uh, in, in in movies. Right. And Kim, have you still got room left on the shelf for, uh, <laughs> for Oscar? You have, Kim. There's there's always room. <laughs> there's always room for one more, isn't there? There's always room for another child. <laughs> and Louis, uh, if your dad wins, you know, is it going to be you know partly your Oscar as well? Have you discussed this? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of both of yours, Oscar, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good thing you live in the same house, then, isn't it? But we don't want to jinx it on your room. We don't want to jinx it. <laughs> well, I think it's a really great film, and uh, I'll be rooting for you all the way. Uh, I think it's really beautiful. I, you know, I think it deserves to go to the shortlist. I really hope you get the nomination, and I hope you go all the way and, and, and win that Oscar. It's a great film. I'll be following uh, it with, with a lot of interest.